Hi, and welcome to the Wise Women's Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Angela Council. And with a background as a naturopath, I thought I knew exactly what happened to women when they reached menopause until I experienced it myself. I then realized that there was so much more to this time of life than what was written in the textbooks. I decided it was time to bring this stage of life out of the closet and to have some open and honest conversations with women who are going through the same journey. Wise Women's Conversation has been created to share information and experiences from other wise women in our community. Sit back and listen to the Wise Women's Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of Wise Women's Conversations. And I'm back with another fantastic conversation with another wise woman. Today I'm talking with Lynn Jenkin from Horse Sanity. So Lynn works with horses. Well, in fact, well, Lynn lives with horses. She has horses all around her and they're beautiful. She also loves to take photos of her horses. But what Lynn does is she creates these experiences where people can come along and connect with the horses and learn. But the horses kind of don't do anything. The horses are just horses. But we learn a lot about ourselves when we're in the presence of these horses and in this conversation this is something that I learned because I I was saying to Lynn well what do the horses do and her answer was well horses don't do anything the horses are just horses but we've got so much to learn when we're in the presence of the horses so this is a really fantastic and deep conversation as Lynn just shares some of the stories of how different people have experienced the horses and what they've learned about themselves. So we don't necessarily learn anything about the horses. We learn about ourselves. We learn about connecting to ourselves. We learn about, you know, that intuition, that energy that we give off and the horse reacts to our energy. So if we're always really, really nervous and highly strung, the horse will stay away from that energy because it's looking for a calm energy or it might come closer and then as it comes closer, you feel calmer because you get the calmness off the horses. And I know that I am going to personally go and experience um, the work that Lynn does very, very soon. And um, I'm actually, a little bit of a secret, I'm actually planning a retreat and we're going to go and experience the horses on one of the upcoming retreats that I'm going to be running. So you need to keep an eye out on that if you want to learn more about the horses. But let's jump into the conversation and listen to the words Lynn has to say. And actually, when you listen to Lynn, you kind of hear the calmness of the horses through her voice because she is very, very calm. And there's a nice, you know, I can just, When I listen to her, I kind of feel like I'm out, you know, in the paddock with the horses and everything is just calm around her. So enjoy this conversation and learn a little bit more about horses and how they can help us learn about ourselves and connect back to ourselves. I'll be back at the end of the episode to have a bit more of a chat with you. Bye for now. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of Wise Women Conversation. And this week I've got Lynn with us and Lynn's going to share what she does, which is something a little bit different, out of the ordinary. So welcome, Lynn. Hi, Angela. Thank you very much. (laughs) So, Lynn, share with our audience who is 
Lynn. And what, what has happened to get you to be doing what you're doing today? Okay, that's a, a very deep question, who is Lynn? Um, <laughs> it's one that I'm still trying to answer, I think. <laughs> um, long journey. Um, I, despite my accent, which apparently now is extremely Australian, I was English originally, but I was, you know, a typical army brat, which meant I've lived all over the world. I was born in Cyprus. Um, the last country I was in before Australia was Brunei. So I've, I've, I did a lot in the first 18 years of traveling around the world. And I ended up here with my parents, went to university, met my husband, um, had a career as a scientist for about 12 years. Um, then for various reasons, um, completely went out of lost my mind and went and did a commerce degree uh, <laughs> and there's a lot of reasons why I did that but um, originally I was going to do HR and marketing and somehow even more strangely um, did accounting and marketing yet I still cannot add up which you know <laughs> thank god for calculators and computers and automatic programs and ended up um, uh, a partner in my accounting practice. Um, we had about 35 employees. It was, you know, a reasonable size country accounting practice. And becoming a partner after being what I can, like I was a, always a really good technician. You know, as a scientist, I was a technician, really good at what I was doing. As an accountant, I was a technician, really good at what I was doing, but I'd never managed people. So all of a sudden I'm, a partner and I'm given a team um, and then things started exploding in my brain and <laughs> I didn't know what was going on and and it sort of um, it and it was funny seeing as I ditched HR way you know back in in the process and it started causing me to think about things differently and started I guess there was a lot of different things things going on around it, but I, I had to assimilate a lot of information very quickly and found that I had completely diametrically opposed um, thoughts about it to, to my other partners within the practice. Um, and that so that led me to being a little bit unsettled in what I was doing. And at that stage, we brought business coaches into the practice because they, um, and our sales were flattening. So we brought in business coaches to improve our sales. I mean, that's what you do. Um, and then of course, what it turned out, they started to try and bring all sort of management processes in and different things. And I thought, you know, I actually enjoy this side of business much more than I do being an accountant. Um, once I'd learned how to do it, it got boring because curiosity and learning is my huge sort of um, values. And um, so I thought, yeah, I actually want to help people do what they do rather than tell them 18 months later what they did and then have them not take any notice of me. So in 18 months later, we've got the same problems as we did, you know, before and stuff. So I, I started, I tried to bring that into our practice to start with and that didn't work. So I left and went out, I did a, went and did a master's of business coaching and um, left and went on my, out on my own or working with another business coaching company. 
And whilst I was doing that, somebody said, why don't you bring your horses into the business? Because horses have been in my life as long as I can remember. Um, I've either owned them or wanted to own them or, you know, spent my whole life going, oh, my God, there's a horse. Every time I, you know, <laughs> saw one, it'd be fun. And, um, and I resisted it because they, horses were always what kept me sane in my day job. They were how I relaxed. They were how I became grounded. They were how I became present after I'd had a you know crappy day at work. So I resisted it because I didn't want to um, ruin. I didn't want to make the horses my business because I was thinking that it was the business side of it that was causing me stress. But eventually, um, through you know a couple of different ways, I decided that I would start incorporating it, and like it was the best thing I ever did. So now I, I have worked with corporates. I've done some um, Pharmacy Society of Australia. I did the part of their leadership um, training for, for about seven years with, with the horses and um, done other sort of teams and groups and leadership. But what I really love doing is actually working people in personal development with the horses. And so we combine, I work with, I have another um, associate and we combine like I'm also accredited narrative coach. Um, I've done Enneagram work. Um, I've done some Gestalt psychotherapy work. So there's a lot of other um, information in there that we bring. And we blend that with getting horses, the people to actually physically work with horses. And I reckon that makes my job like 90% easier because <laughs> the horses do all the hard work. So what, what can... What can horses teach us? I, I, I'll be really honest. I don't have a lot of experience with horses. Yeah. Um, I, when I was in my early 20s, I went to the States and we went, I went on a horse, overnight horse camp with the Navajo Indians. I was yep. terrified the whole time. They put me on this horse. It's fine when it wasn't moving very fast and then it started to move. <laughs> I was terrified. Um, that's probably the limit of my experience. I think I've been horse riding once with my daughter when she was really young. So, and I, when I was really young, a horse stood on my foot and I learned that horses are very, very heavy. Um, that's, the, that's my experience with horses. Yeah. But what can horses teach us? Because I see horses, some seem really gentle and calm and some seem quite fiery and you know, stubborn. So what are they teaching us? Um, so what they what it, they're not specifically teaching us anything. They're just being a horse, right? And that allows us to learn about ourselves. So um, so there's no riding involved in what we do. It's it's all on the ground. Um, a lot of it is with the horses unrestrained at liberty. So you know we might just be in their presence. But if I can, if I what they they respond to us how we show up. So if we change how we are, they change their response. So what they're doing is they give you immediate feedback. Um, so like <laughs> I have an example of, um, it was one of my business groups and there was a guy there and I, I had been coaching him before. And one of the things that his, um, bosses were saying is like this is an incredibly intelligent man but he just doesn't show up in meetings and he doesn't you know we know he's got so much to offer but he never speaks up and you know he, he's not so he came out and we were working with one of my horses and she's 
she's an older horse. She's very quiet, very wise, um, and very not very reactive to things at, at all. And he had a task to just get her to move from where she was to somewhere else. It didn't matter where the somewhere else was, just to get her to move. And she just, he went out, come on, come on. And she just looked at him. It's like, no, it's not happening. And he even had some, like, something to wave around that had a big flag on the end and he's waving this around and everything and she's just looking at him going, nah, <laughs> not worried. You don't mean it. <laughs> like, there was, like, there's, she knew that he, he was, whilst he was going through the motions, his, he actually wasn't determined. His heart wasn't in it. There was something that was holding him back. And he probably thought, oh, yeah, that's a bit weird. Um, okay, I'm trying. Nothing's happening. But then she worked with another guy. And the other guy went in and just went, and she went, oh, okay. <laughs> because, you know, he was a, he, his background was different and all that sort of stuff. But he, um, he didn't not expect her to move. He knew she was going to move. He, he was, you know, he, he didn't doubt for a moment was the other guy was like, oh, I'm not sure if it's going to work. And she responded to that. And isn't that, that is just so much like, it, that is our life, isn't it? What I loved when you started, you said, because you, you said to me, horses don't teach us anything. Horses are just horses. Mm. And if we look at that in our life, is that we think, particularly as women, that we need to be all these different things, that we need to be a mother, a partner, a business owner, a employee. We think we need to be all these different mm. things, but we simply need to show up as yep. ourselves. And that's what that second guy did. When he just showed up as himself because yeah. he just knew he didn't. He was just himself, and obviously that energy passed mm. to the horse, and the horse went. Yep. Okay, he's confident. And, yeah, and this is also part of what you do with the changing of the narratives, isn't it? It's like yeah. changing the stories that we have around us. And many women in this mid-stage of life have all of these stories. Yeah. And the world gives us stories about who we are and what our value is and all of that. And So talk to us a little bit more about that changing of the narrative and and how you bring that in and working with the horses, how we can actually just show up and just be ourselves. So, so a lot of it is that we, you know, our ideas, the stories we make up about ourselves are, you know, we, 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 we expect things to happen. I'm just trying to think of the right words of describing it, how it works with the horses. Um, we run these scripts all the time that this is, you know, this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. And we get what we expect. Mm -hmm. So, um, so when you're doing narrative coaching, um, just sort of one on, on one, you, you, you take people through a process of, you know, um, starting with where they are, um, and then searching for what different possibilities there might be, get them to experiment with different ideas um, until something sort of clicks and they go, oh, yes, I want to try with that. And then they can practice that a bit and, and then go on. So you go through this cycle and it doesn't all fix in one session. You just keep going through these cycles. doesn't, you know. And so what happens with the horses is we give, because of the way, as I said, like horses react, um, give you feedback immediately. And they do it without judgment. They've got no agenda about it. 
So, you know, like if, if you suddenly decided that you're going to be different and you go out to people and you're different, they have scepticism about how you're going to be. So you're going, I'm going to be this, I'm going to be this. And they're all going, yeah, just no, no, you weren't like that yesterday. And I just don't quite trust, you know, and, and so you're battling not against just against your own perception, but other people's perceptions of you, which undermines your attempts to, to be the new you. With the, what happens with the horses is that they, um, and I'm talking about normal healthy horses that, that haven't been mistreated or, you know, whatever, and they're just reacting as, as an unconditioned animal, you know. So if you go in, um, you, we can get people to practice something, a different way of being and seeing how that get, they get the different response. So the, the two opposite extremes are, I'll give you another, actually, I'll give you another example. Um, we had a, a we had a workshop uh, with with a bunch of women there, and there was this one woman there. She, she was full of boundless energy and bouncy, and you know all of this sort of stuff, and very excited. and And one of the things was she she, she just said that I, I I just don't people I try and do something, and I don't know people just stop and they I, I they shut down and nothing happens and I try and get them all going and they just slow you know so one of the things that we do is we get people to go in and meet the horses as as so the horses are loose and we do it in a you know way that's safe and and so we were opening the gate for this to people to, to go in and normally people file in gently you know they look around particularly people who haven't had much to do with horses might be a little bit nervous. So they're trying to find a, you know, safe space and everything. We opened the door. We barely got the gate open. And this woman went like, she was so excited to be in there with the horses and the horses had all been sort of standing around. She walked in, they went, Oh God. And they scattered <laughs> to the far ends of the, of the thing. And she stopped and she turned around and she said, that's what happens at work. She said, I walk into a room and people suddenly find something else to do. You know? So what she then was doing was practicing with um, not, uh, bringing her energy down and just being calmer and just being able to, um, and, and because as soon as she started to calm, the horses who had been running away from her first of all, would stop and then they would actually come in. So they were coming in to meet her because she was different in herself. Amazing. That, that type of feedback, you just, you don't get it anywhere else. No. Anim animals are unbelievable. I mean, mm. a lot of this stuff, you know, people could pro probably, if they actually look at it, they'll notice it with their animals, with their, you know, their pets, their dogs, mm. their cats. Well, cats, well, no, cats are, I think cats got minds of their own. But, yeah, I mean, because I know that no matter what has happened, my dog shows up every single day yeah. with unconditional love. So long as I feed him, he's fine. He's a Labrador, I just need to feed him a lot. But, and that's it. It's like, you know, and sometimes don't we make life so hard mm. with our stories, with what we think everybody else is thinking all the drama that we create in our lives and then you know I just look at my dog sometimes and go god I wish I could do that just just show up mm. it's just 
yeah, animals are just so amazing and it must be fantastic. I'd love, I mean, not so, I'm not, don't, don't know so much about horses, but I'd love to be able to spend my life like you do just, because I know you take lots of photos too and just yes. spending, and I love being out in nature as well, but just spending it with the, 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 the peace and the calm of the animals and nature. I, I'm just really, I envy you. <laughs> Maybe I need to learn to. I, I envy myself sometimes too. Um, <laughs> I need to really yeah. understand horses a bit more. Maybe I need to come and visit you so that I get to oh, know well, horses. Well, please do, because I said we do it in a very, yes, yeah, it's, it's in a very, you know, safe environment that 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 we do it. And we, um, people ask us if the horses are trained for the work. Now the horses aren't trained for the work, um, but it, the only criteria is that they are safe for people to work with. Like, you know, and and. Um, so we, you know, we wouldn't use a horse that was, was was dangerous, but that doesn't mean that you might not get your foot stood on. But that's because that's your responsibility mm. to keep your foot out of the way. You know, it's just like in anything else. You know, like if you if you stand in front of a car that's speeding towards you, you have the chance of getting <laughs> hit. Well, if you put your foot <laughs> somewhere and don't pay attention, so even that is, you know, but nature is a huge part of it. Um, like sometimes people say, well, couldn't you come and do it in the city or could uh, no, because I mean, people do and that the, the work with horses is still powerful, but what we're, we're about is it's not just about the horses are a large part of it, but it's also about the effects of getting people out into nature when they're working mm -hmm. with them. So people, when they've, they've done sort of therapy work with horses, they've looked at, its effect on, on cortisol and stress, um, and it lowers stress, but nature lowers stress as well. Um, so the combining the two is is creating you know a container for people to work within. Whereas you know in a you know indoor arena with horses being made to go around or, or not necessarily made, but you know going around, it's it's an unnatural environment for them, mm. and it's not a sufficiently different environment. I don't think for people who are used to being within the four walls of an office. Whereas taking them out with horses that are in their natural environment to a large extent, we do use an arena, but we also use the paddocks. It's an open air arena. So it's, it's still under the sky and you've still got the birds and you've still got the, the rain nature and you know, all that <laughs> happening. Um, that in itself is helps the person reach a different part inside of them. Mm. Um, and then the photography, because that's my that's my other passion. Um, one of the things that I do is I um, I try and capture moments um, with the people whilst they're with the horses, and then later they get those photographs. So then they have an anchor to the experience that they had. Oh, it's a, it sounds absolutely amazing. What's the what's the biggest lesson you've learnt working with horses? It's, it's about being um, present and, you know, grounded and being in the moment, shutting out the, you know, this that goes on, <laughs> the, the, the worrying about what happened before and worried about what might happen in the future and just, you know, bringing yourself um, to be fully present. And when I, um, well, actually, when I did my master's, um, we had to do, um, I, we, we, we had to write an assignment about um, coaching and, and what we'd learned about coaching and everything. 
And I, I wrote a lot of mine from the perspective of actually what I'd learned from the horses about coaching people. And it was, it's very much, yeah, it's very much, it's being present and listening and, and having that um, soft eye observation. We're like this mm. um, and their vision is like this. Well, that, cause that's really interesting because horses actually physically kind of their eyes are on the side of their head and they do have a bit of like, they can actually see yeah. kind of back here, can't they? So it's yeah. not just metaphorically they have a bigger vision. They kind of no, it's, it's, physically it's, can. It's physically. So, so, you know, um, I mean, like if you do that with, with where your hands sort of where, where they disappear from view, um, it's, it's very flat, yeah. you yeah. know, whereas, you know, theirs goes right. So they're almost, it's not quite 360 degrees, but it's close to it. So they've got a little blind spot at the front and a little blind spot at the back. But that essentially they can see that. And the other thing that they can do is they can see in both directions at the same time. All right, can they? <laughs> one eye goes front, I mean, one I, eye goes back. <laughs> and it's not because they're all, you know, it's not good. It's just because of the way that their brain is wired to interpret what's going on. Yeah. And like all, um, you know, herbivores, um, with they're, they're designed to be able to see changes in their environment to yeah. keep them safe keep them safe yeah yeah ah oh, it's amazing so you've run i know that you haven't been lately because of what's been going on with covid stuff but yeah. you kind of run run these leadership and team programs up on the farm don't you where people yeah. come up as a team and they get to work with the horses and you do yeah. the leadership and what else do you do up there um, and then we, we, we do what we call our open workshops or our personal workshops, which are for um, in any individuals who, who, so we'll advertise a workshop um, on a theme. It might be um, communication or so, something. So, so then people can come to that. Um, we've also done work with um, cancer um, patients. Um, so it's, you know, as part, we do that as part of a retreat. So, you know, they were going through various things and, um, and we, we, had to. it's great for people who have been very medicalized mm. because um one of the things that we do with we work with with people in that situation is actually about boundaries because um a lot of them because you know people are poking prodding doing stuff to them all the time they their their boundaries have been really become really porous um and so working with boundaries with the horses gives them an opportunity to reset their boundaries. And particularly after they, these were people who've come out of treatment mm -hmm. and are in remission. Um, so it, it, it's getting over that side of it and being able to um, recognize yourself as a whole human rather than a medical problem. So how do the horses teach that? Is that because the horse has its own natural boundary? And then if you, like you said that before, the woman who went in there all bouncy, the horses kind of went back because she kind of almost, she, she breached their boundary too quickly. Is that yep. kind of how, how it works? Yeah. So one of the things that we can do, um, so one of it is about like, you know, they have to learn, well, what do I do? if the, So the horse might be pushing on them into their boundary. Um, so rather than just... What this, so one of the things that we, we can do as women, I, I don't want to say all women, but this can happen is like, um, 
people push, 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 and you retreat, 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 retreat until your back's up against the wall, and then mm. you explode. Um, so what we can do is get them to start setting energetic boundaries before that happens. So before they're under so much pressure that that they explode, they can learn. And it, with you know working with horses, it can be as simple as standing up straight, squaring your shoulders, and saying no, and pushing your energy out. And then the horse, you know, can feel that. Mm. Um, they might still test it, so therefore you might have to get a little bit more active, and so on, so that they learn. Um, so they learn that there isn't just zero and a hundred percent they can they have a scale of how they can push their energy out to people and take action prior to getting to the explosion stage and that is so such an important thing for for women people to learn is that we do put an energy out and because i think there's a lot of people in the world who actually think that this stuff's just all woo woo Mm -hmm. but we do put an energy out and how we show up every day determines how our day will turn out based on our energy. If we mm. wake up going, I'm tired, that's what you're going to get yeah. back. But if you wake up going, well, this is going to be a great day. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to look at it with yeah. the best possible you know, way I can, then the day will turn out better. Yeah. I, I think that, and this is something I really, I really want women to understand is that they have control when they can understand the energy that they put out in the world. And as as you're saying, the horses or animals can teach us that because I know that there's times when my, even, you know, my experiences with my dog, but there's times when he kind of withdraws and he's probably not feeling the best. So he pulls back and he kind Mm -hmm. of goes and he, he goes and sleeps somewhere and he kind of goes away from anywhere. So I know, okay, he needs to be left alone. And if you get too close to him, you know, you kind of look at him and he kind of kind of looks at you and says, leave me alone. He doesn't say anything and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't growl, he doesn't bite, but he just kind of looks yeah. at you as if to say, just leave me alone. And then there's the other times, generally around dinner time, when all mm-hmm. of a sudden he's all excited and he's all over you and he's kind of going, well, I'm waiting. Are you going to feed me? Are you going to feed me? That's when he gets a bit vocal and barks at me. But yeah. you, can, you can feel and see the energy yeah. in animals and we as humans are the same. And I love that, you know, you use the horses to teach because it's the humans that need to, that they need to learn. Yeah. yeah. Just, and, you know, and as you say, the horses just show up being yeah. themselves. But then as humans, we, we then experience the horse and within that experience comes our lessons. Exactly. And, I mean, the, the, you know, I mean, one of the good things about horses, like, say, compared to dogs, um, is their size so yes. already you know, yeah. you know that, that that's a, can be a challenge to people because of the size so there's already something there the other thing is that their social structure is is slightly different um, and their motivation is slightly different I mean it's not that they're not motivated by food because I can assure you mine are um, <laughs> but but their primary motivations are say safety and social social yeah, so they're herd animals, are they? Whereas a dog is more of a pack yeah. they're looking for the leader, whereas the, yeah. the horses are herd. Yeah, so they're looking at relationship, relationship, relationship. Am I safe? Can I trust you? Um, whereas, 
you know, they don't have to think about where their next meal's coming from because, you know, they're walking on it most. Yeah. Of them. So it, it's it's a it's different in that sense where you know where a, a dog is more like us in the ways that they have to think and plan and you know, uh, whereas horses it's more yeah it's definitely more about you know I am a social animal, um, and I am also an animal who despite my size is very at fragile and at risk from you know, the lion hiding behind the, you know, thing. So not too many lions around here, but they still see them. But <laughs> so, so that is one of the reasons why, why they work well. And the, and because of that, I mean, dogs um, are like us, you know, they can be tunnel visioned and like, you know, eye on the prize. Yeah. Whereas horses have to read everything that's in their environment. So they're very, good at picking up changes where something's different so if just you know ignoring the um, helping humans side of it so say if you have got a car parked this this side of the arena and the horse goes past that car every single day as you walk it in walk it out ride it do whatever it's completely used to the car if you move the car to a different spot the horse goes whoa <laughs> it's still the same car um, but they're just got something in my environment has changed I have to check this out so their observation of us and each other is around these micro differences so that's how they can tell the difference between the rate of your breathing because they can see feel the change in the rate of your breathing and um, they can they can read people's expressions and there's been a lot of research done on this with photographs and all sorts of stuff that they can read humans expressions because they're reading the changes and what they allow us to do when we're working with them is we have those abilities too but we've dampened them down because this thing's so good <laughs> and so what they're allowing us to do is step back into our own place of observation and reading those changes. So one of this one of these exercises about energetic boundaries that we do is is we get people to approach and retreat to the horse to sense when they hit different boundaries of that horse. And you can feel it energetically as the same time as you go, okay, as I'm approaching, I got to this point, I felt something, the horse's ear flicked. And he looked at me. So I step back and he goes back to where he was. I go up to that boundary, it, the same thing happens. And you can, you can, you learn to read their body language, this is what they do, but you can also feel that energetic boundary. And you can do it with people. You know, we can get people to mimic the same thing and get them to walk towards each other until they feel they've hit that boundary. Mm. They walk back and they walk through until they feel like they've got permission. And then you ask this person, did they hit, did you feel it when they stopped? And, you know, nine times out of ten, they go, yeah, I felt that point. Oh, I heard one out the back. I just heard a horse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're joining in. They want their say. <laughs> You've just, you know, there's just so much in what you just said there that just made me really understand horses because the way I've kind of seen horses before, and as I said, I've had very little to do with them, but they always seem quite jittery. But now, and in particularly, like even when we went when we went horse riding with the Navajo Indians, to start with, the horses were quite jittery. And now I understand why, because all of a sudden there were all these new people yeah. around, 
And so they were sensing what was going on. And then they, and obviously everybody was different. They had their own energy because some, mm. some like me, I never haven't really been on a horse before. Don't know much about it. other people are really confident. So the, it was, it was the horses were actually sensing that everything that was coming from us. Yeah. And that's what made them appear to be jittery. And when, cause quite often you see a horse and it's kind of, it's moving around and you think, Oh, it's jittery, but it's actually, us that's causing that because we've changed their environment. Yeah, yeah. So what happens with horses that live by themselves if they're herd animals? Because They of, don't like it at all. Yeah, because <laughs> lots of people have a horse and they just put them in a field. Yeah. Um, emotionally, it's not very good for them. It works for humans. <laughs> it works for Some us. Some humans, because, not all humans. <laughs> oh, no, no, I meant to have the horse on its own. Oh, right, yeah, um, yeah. Because it's, you know, it's there, you can find it's, it's, you know, you don't have to fight 10 million others off to get to it. But So we do that for our convenience. But emotionally for horses, it's not good. Yeah, because they're a herd animal, because that yeah. was another thing. And because I mean, I already knew they were a herd animal, but when you said that they feed each energy off each other, I went, yeah, but there's... Horses that live in paddocks by themselves. Yeah, and even if you think about it in terms of, um, you know, you might have them, I mean, a compromise is having horses in separate paddocks but being able to see and be close to each other. That's still not that's still not the best for them because they still like to be together and be able to groom each other and just hang out. Um, but sometimes circumstances are that you have to have them in separate paddocks and at least they can just be close and whatever. Mm. But the other thing is because they, like most animals, most you know, herbivores that live in that sort of environment, um, sometimes people call them prey animals. I don't like calling them prey animals because uh, sometimes we can all be, but it generally they're, they're herbivores that tend to get eaten by something else. Um, often you will, there will be a sentinel. So there'll be one horse that's, more aware of what's going on whilst the others relax and do stuff and they share that role around it doesn't like belong to one um some team to take that role on i've got a mare who thinks that's her mission in life <laughs> um but but in general you will have horses that that you'll see or you know all of the horses but one will be lying down and there's one still awake and you know so there's always somebody on you see it with even sometimes if you look at a paddock full of geese eat not that we see that much here in Australia but if you look at a bunch of birds eating sometimes you know there'll be there'll be one that sat up there scanning the environment whilst the others are eating and that's the one that gives the alarm right so if you have a horse that is in a paddock on its own it's never got somebody else looking out for it so it's and always it's got no one to look out for itself except for itself yeah so it can't relax because it's always on. <laughs> so is so that's why you see horses who seem to be asleep standing up. Yeah, they can. They can. They they do need to sleep lying down for a short period of time, um, but they are also able to sleep standing up because oh, they're able to lock their limbs. Oh. That's, mm. This is amazing. You're teaching me so much about horses. I want to come <laughs> up. I'm coming up to the farm as soon as we're allowed to get out Absolutely. and be together. <laughs> I'm coming up <laughs> to experience the horses yeah. because yeah, because I just love the fact you know you've just really all you're doing is you're using horses in their natural environment as opposed to we as humans want to domesticate and put everybody into you know all these animals into our way of living to make as you say to make it convenient for us 
yep. yet what you've done is you've allowed the horses to be free and you kind of bring the humans in as if they're the they're like the the animal type thing to yeah. do what's going the horses just look at us as if we're we're the zoo <laughs> i mean you know we, we will do some other things that are a little bit more um interactive and controlled but but 90 you know 90 percent of it is about that that loose loose environment so you know particularly with leadership stuff we'll we'll physically get people to lead horses with you know and we'll take we'll we'll take stuff away from them. So like we'll start off with the horse has got a halter on and a rope and you get to lead it. And then we progress to the fact where they don't have a halter and a rope and you still got to lead them. <laughs> so which is great because you can because when you're doing that sort of work, um, there's the what the horse is bringing naturally plus all the metaphors that you can bring in. And it is amazing if you go through our language um, because. Horses have been associated with leadership for hundreds of years because the, the, you know, like the, the royals and the military and all of those people, um, they all had to be expert horse people. So when you think about things like, you know, um, even expressions like shutting the stable door after the horse has bolted or taking on the reins of leadership or, you know, it's handing the reins to somebody else. There's a lot of, um, in our English language that, that comes from that history. Yeah. And you can use the metaphors because it's like, you know, we get people to do stuff and then you say, well, you know, where does that, el where else does that show up? So you take the story of what happened with the horse and then that, and they can then usually translate that to actually what's happening with, you know, work with other, with other people. So Oh, I could listen yeah. to you all day long, but we do have to move on. <laughs> we all have, you've got horses to look after. <laughs> so yep. where can people find out more about the work that you do? If they want to work with you, if they want to do come and do some of your courses up on the farm, where can they, first off, where is the farm and where can they find out more about you? Okay, so the farm is, um, we're in a an area called Fosterton, which is a, um, there's like us and three other houses, but we still have our own, you know, address. Um, and we're just on the outskirts of Dongog, which is about, it's in the Hunter Valley. So we're about an hour and 15 minutes from Newcastle and about three and a half hours from Sydney. So we're, we're not on the Hunter River, we're on the Williams River, but we're in that Hunter Valley region. Um, so, and we have a website, which is horsanity.com.au and it, there is no e in it so it's actually h-o-r-s-a-n-i-t-y take that out my notes then so that when i put the link in the show note i spell it correctly <laughs> <laughs> um and we're also horsanity is also on facebook um just you know under horsanity and then we have a um a free group um, that people can join called Sanity Heard. And uh, lots of your photos are shared yes. on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Some of your beautiful photos that you take of the horses. And because you really capture their energy and it, like the photos are stunning to take. Thank you. And yeah. you can really I mean, just... and that's the passion. I've traveled all over the world to take photos of horses. <laughs> <laughs> now you when I've got them in my the back backyard. <laughs> I want to thank you for your time today and hopefully our listeners learn a little bit more about energy and yep. how we can put our energy out, how we can draw our energy back in and also 
how we can start to change the stories that we've been telling ourselves. So whether or not you're doing that with horses or you're not, just be aware of it. And, and yeah, and if you, if you're in Australia and you're up in, in New South Wales and you want to go and see Lynn and see your horses, get in contact with her because I definitely will be up there one day. We'll, We'll come up for a few days and, Check out the work that you're doing hands-on and actually really experience the horses because I'm so looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to having you here, Angela. Thank you. (laughs) So thanks for your time today and thank all of our listeners and viewers for being here. And until next week, infinite love and gratitude. Bye for now. Bye for now. Hi, I'm back again. Wasn't that a fantastic conversation with Lynn? And just learning more about how the energy of the horses can help us find out more about ourselves and that connection that uh, we have with with horses and she just taught me so much because I have to be really honest I've always been quite you know nervous around horses because they're so big and they're so powerful and I'm not very comfortable around horses but hopefully one day soon I'll get to experience Lynn's horses and the work that she does. Now if you want to learn a little bit more about what Lynn does her website is Horse Sanity so h-o-r-s-a-n-i-t-y.com.au you can pop over there and you can find out more about the work that she does plus also you'll find her on facebook so she's got a group called the horse sanity community so facebook group horse sanity community her page is horse sanity and her instagram handle is lynn l-y-n-n at horse sanity So you can find her everywhere. Actually, check out some of the beautiful photos she takes. She takes some absolutely stunning photos. And then she, once she's taken the photos, she does all these different um, edits to them. And they're absolutely, oh, they're unbelievable. And the way that she portrays the energy of the horses is amazing. So yeah, follow her on Instagram so you can see um, some of the work that she does. And just before I go, I just want to let you know that um, if you haven't already received it, I do have a free Understanding Menopause ebook, And this is just like a getting to understand what's happening and some simple things that you can do if you're experiencing symptoms that are often associated with menopause, things like hot flushes or night sweats or um, mood changes, things like that. I've got quite a few different natural remedies in there from nutrition, diet, herbs, essential oils, all designed to give you a little bit of help as you move through this stage of life. But we do need to remember that it is important that we address what's really going on and that's looking at your diet, it's looking at your uh, movement, your lifestyle choices, the toxins that are in your environment, your stress levels and your mindset. And I talk about that a little bit in the uh, ebook as well. So if you want to grab the ebook, just go to bit.ly forward slash menopause underscore ebook all small letters really really easy bit.ly forward slash menopause underscore ebook go over there you put your details in and then i'll email it to you and i'll also send you a little bit more information as well just to help you understand what's happening at this time of your life and so you can learn how you can thrive in menopause so if you've enjoyed this episode or any of the other podcast episodes please, could you leave me a rating on Apple Podcasts? It makes a big difference to how many women can get to listen to this podcast and how broadly it gets distributed. 
So if you could leave a review and share it with some friends, that would be absolutely fantastic. But that's it from me this week, and I'll be back next week with another Wise Women's Conversation. From my heart to yours, infinite love and gratitude. Bye for now.